teaching about the nature of salvation and, and dealing with some heavy-duty theological stuff. And last week we saw that he was talking about how important he thought salvation was and how he longed for the Jews to come to have salvation by faith in Christ Jesus, even being willing to, to substitute himself, saying, I wish that I would be accursed that my Jewish kindred would come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. Today he takes it to the next step. And today he gives us a lesson about how salvation is indeed not just for the Jews, but indeed for all people, for all people. So a little theological lesson about salvation and then a little ecclesiology about the nature of God's love for all people through the church. Hear now these words from Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 5. Moses writes concerning the righteous, righteousness that comes from the law that the person who does, not, who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, Do not say in your hearts who will ascend into heaven or who will descend into the abyss. But what does it say? The word is near to you and on your lips and in your heart. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and is so justified, and one confesses with the mouth and is so saved. The scripture says, No one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on the one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? For it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, I titled my sermon this morning, Faith, Salvation, and Equality. But there's really a fourth point. We're going to get to that when we get there. The faith part we see here in the beginning of this passage is Paul making sure that we understand that there is a difference in our Christian understanding of salvation than that which the Jews had always had and experienced and utilized. He says, Moses writes concerning righteousness that comes from the law, that a person who does things will live by them. You see, the Jewish understanding was that righteousness was something that could be seen in a person's life and how they lived it. And that you actually merited God's grace and merited God's favor by living your life according to the law. You earned merit by doing good things and by being a righteous person. You proved your righteousness. When Christ came and gave himself for us, he replaced the demands of the law by fulfilling all of the law in himself. And Christ just basically opened up the windows of heaven and allowed God's grace to be accessible to anyone who would just simply receive it. So righteousness for the Christian doesn't come by any amount of good works. 
It only comes by believing in Christ as Lord and Savior and receiving the grace that is available for the taking. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. We don't earn our way to heaven. We don't earn our way to forgiveness. We don't earn our way to God's grace or God's mercy by anything that we do. We simply believe and we receive. That's pretty awesome. This teaching is so important for us to hear again and again and again because we as Christian believers sometimes get a little off track. Sometimes, especially we good faithful folks who get up at whatever hour it took you to get up to be at church at 9 o'clock in the morning, we good hardcore believers, we believe that we should get a extra star on our crown. After all, we got up and got to church by 9 o'clock in the morning. Well, it doesn't work that way. Your crown couldn't have any more stars in it. It's got all the stars of heaven already in it. You are just simply acting out in faith, seeking to be a good and faithful believer and a worshiper and a servant of God, and you're seeking to be blessed through worship and through the Spirit of God in worship and to be part of a family of God. You're not here to prove your worthiness to God or to get some kind of extra credit in heaven. That's not why you're here. If that is why you're here, I'm sorry. You're here for the wrong reasons. We don't do good in order to make God say, ooh, they did good. Let's give them a little extra bonus this week. That's not why we do good. We do good because we know that God loves us so much that even when we were sinful people, God still loved us and God forgave us through Christ and God gave us all the grace we needed. Therefore, it is out of a, a, a sense of thankfulness that we do good. Not in hope of getting more blessing, but because we've already been, been blessed beyond measure. So for us, faith, you see, faith is what brings righteousness to us. Not works, not deeds, not doing things. That's the first lesson from our scripture today. And Paul wants to make sure we understand that. Faith. And he says this faith comes to us and is seen in us by our confession. These verses, verses 9 and 10, are, are some of the most famous of all of Paul's writings because they give for us this little prescription for uh, a sinner's prayer, as it were. He says, if you confess with your lips the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and is so justified, and one confesses with the mouth and is so saved. These two verses give us what is truly this perfect confession of faith kind of prayer. And nowhere in there, you see, is there any uh, teaching or any inkling of a teaching about doing works of righteousness or about proving yourself or about having to follow the law. Paul wants the Christian community to know that our faith and that God's grace and that this new Christian covenant is based on God's grace alone. And we just have to believe and to confess. And we have all of the blessings of God just poured into us. 
Now that's hard for some of us to grasp. Even those of us who've been in church all our lives, it doesn't seem right. After all, how many of you could just walk into any of the banks downtown and say, I need some money. And they would say, how much do you need? And you say, oh, I need two or three million dollars. And say, oh, okay, have ten. Would that work? The world doesn't work that way. We all know that. And, the, and, and we, we, we have a hard time transferring our understanding of interactions and of reciprocal relationships other than that which we experience in the world. You see, God's bank of grace and love operates differently. You walk into God's bank of grace and love and you say, God, I made some bad purchases. I'm in debt. I've sinned. I need five million grace dollars. And God says, okay. How about six? We'll make sure. Some of those other things you hadn't yet told me about. We'll make sure that we can help you get started with a clean slate. You see, the spiritual realm and our earthly realm are so different that we sometimes have a hard time grasping the nature of God's goodness and God's holiness and God's desire for us to just simply come to God and say, I need you. I love you. I believe in you. That's what our faith calls us to do, to just simply say to God, I need you, I love you, I believe in you. And when we say those things to God, He hears our prayers, our sins are forgiven, grace is bestowed, and we are all made whole and made new again and again and again. Faith and salvation that come by faith and through grace in Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing. Now for Paul and for this Christian community in Rome, he takes the amazing nature of salvation by grace and he takes it to another level with this next section in verses 12 and 13. Because it's here that he gives this great teaching about God's equality and the equality of God's love. For it says, There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I'm sure that you were as troubled as I was yesterday at the events that happened in Charlottesville, Virginia. To know that here in 2017, we still have people in our country who would want to incite violence because they have small and bigoted ideas that one race is better than another. Those ideas are sinful, immoral, unethical, and wrong. And God will not tolerate hatred or bigotry. And we need to understand that. Hatred and bigotry have no place in this world, in our country, and especially in the hearts of people who seek to proclaim Christ as Lord. Because Christ and his church 
our Holy Bible, St. Paul the Apostle, teach us very clearly that no matter who a person is, no matter their race, no matter their religious background, no matter their heritage, no matter anything, God loves all people equally. All people equally. And therefore, all people who claim the love of God must also come to love and embrace all people equally. There is no room for hatred. There is no room for bigotry. There is no room for intolerance. We must all come to love and accept God's perfect love for ourselves, and we must be willing to share God's perfect love with all people. If that's troubling, good. Because if that's troubling, you've got troublesome thoughts. They need to be dealt with. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to bring you conviction about that which is right. And that which is right is clearly here spelled out in black and white. God loves everybody. There is no distinction between the races or the religions or anything else nationalities. There is no distinction. And therefore, those of us who try to make false distinctions are outside of God's will and outside of God's loving grace and gracious calling. So we have faith. We have salvation. We have equality. All of these things are good. I mean, if you just could get in front of a whole bunch of people and say, how would you like to have eternal salvation that comes to you only by faith? Most of them would say, well, that's, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I would, I would believe something if, if, I, if I really thought they would bring me eternal life and a perfect heaven with God. I would probably believe in that. And what if I told you that you didn't have to do anything? There are no amount of works that you could ever do to get you this. All you had to do was believe and the salvation would be yours. Well, well that sounds even better. I don't even have to sign a promissory note or anything. I just have to, to believe, to truly believe and claim in my heart through faith that Christ is my Lord. And what if we were to tell you that, that this wonderful salvation, this, this gift of God, is available to everybody. Anybody can have it. No matter who they are, no matter where they've come from, no matter what they've done, no matter what they look like or what language they speak, they can all have it. Well, that sounds even better. The problem is... There aren't enough people sharing those incredible truths outside the walls of the church. And that's the fourth point, and that is our calling. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, but how are they to call on one whom they have not believed and how are they to believe in one whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? We as believers need to understand that while we don't have to do anything to gain or to keep our salvation, it's not a matter of works, we do need to understand that we have a calling from God to out of the grace that God has given us, to live our lives in thanksgiving and to share God's love with others, to not just be receptacles of God's love and grace, but rather to be dispensers of it, to be conduits, as it were, of God's love and grace. And that, the, that we all, every person in this room is called to proclaim 
the good news of Christ. It's your job, not just mine, to tell other people about the nature of faith, the nature of salvation, and God's grace being the great equalizer of all people. It's your calling. It's your job. That's why the church universal is dying. Because the church universal has become too inwardly focused, too worried about taking care of its own people and its own institutions, its own buildings and its own whatever, and has stopped looking outward, seeking to share the love and grace of Christ with other people. I hope we can be different. I hope we Green Streeters can understand that it's not enough for us to have received the grace of God and salvation, but we indeed have to also embrace that we are called to share God's love and grace and salvation with others. We have such an opportunity in this place. You all know it better than I do. We're going to be surrounded in just a couple of weeks with 31,000 college students, another eight or 10,000 faculty and staff. They're going to be all over us. And we have opportunity just to walk out the door and say hi. Walk out the door and let them know their love. Walk out the door and invite them to some event or some, some worship service or, or some Bible study. We have opportunity to extend the hand of grace and fellowship just right here. But we have to be willing to embrace the grace that God's given us, to accept that it is indeed for all people, and to know that we who have received it are called to live thankful lives, sharing God's love with others. May we all hear the word of God for us, and may we all today embrace our faith, our salvation, God's gracious equality, and our calling to be proclaimers of the good news. Amen. If you would now, please stand and join me as we all affirm our faith in Christ together with the Apostles' Creed.
opportunities. You'll see in your bulletin there are several uh, things to be aware of. Uh, first of all, next Sunday uh, we'll be having an a, um, administrative council meeting right after service. So if you're on that council, be prepared with a two to three minute report from your area of, of responsibility because we need to do this meeting in 30 minutes. So if each of you will have a two to three minute concise bullet point list, we'll be able to work through and have our meeting and, and move forward. Also do note that uh, coming up on the 24th is the first day of class and we're gonna be having our, our student day here. I'm very excited to share with you that we, uh, I have a, a friend who works for the iHeartRadio network uh, here in Columbia. And we're going to have two different radio stations come bring their vans, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, and have remote radio broadcasts from our front lawn outside to help bring excitement and all. And uh, we're going to have all kinds of things going on with some games outside and giving away water and fresh fruit. And we're going to let the kids... Uh, kids let the students ring the bell I, I think I came up with a little slogan for this how cocky are you and come and ring the bell once for each year of your of your student uh, life here at USC and so anyway we're just going to try to create a little buzz and activity here and invite them back to of course to church uh, I'm also going to be starting the following week uh, so the first full week of classes on the following Wednesday night I'm going to be starting a Wednesday night Bible study for students uh, it'll be at 8.30, uh, so, because students don't go to bed till late anyway. So uh, I'm looking forward to doing that, and I'm going to be recruiting some kids maybe to, to put together a praise band that could play some on that Wednesday night, and then when they get good enough, we'll have them share in the morning service as well. So, so I've got some neat things that are coming, uh, and, and hopefully we can, can make a difference reaching out to the, to the college community, and we're looking for, forward to your continued support I know that you all would like to see this church full, right? And so in, in order for that to ever happen, we've got to reach out. And we've got to reach out to those who are the closest to us. And that, of course, is the university community. So that's what we're going to be doing in every way possible. We are working to make the office building into a, a hospitality center for students. And once school gets going, I'm going to be there every afternoon, uh, Monday through Thursday from 2 to 6. And the house will be open and music will be playing. We have a new, uh, a new guest Wi-Fi account that the students can log into for free. The login password is Jesus is Lord. So they have to type that in their little computer to get on the Wi-Fi. So I think that'll be fun. Anyway, so we're, gonna, we're, we're doing lots of things and trying to make a place where our students can, can feel at home and be at home and hopefully find a spiritual home and, and find faith in Christ and, and be part with our church family while they're here. So that's what we're doing. Uh, also note the uh, Body and Soul Health Fair at our sister church, Washington Streets, coming up in September. And they invite you all to come by and be a part of that. It'll be, it'll be more like a little festival than just a uh, come and get stuff. So, so drop by there that day if you don't have anything else going on and be a part of the United Methodist Church uh, in, in, a, in a greater way. Also, for those of you who uh, care to know, our annual charge conference this year uh, is going to be combined with Washington Street, Wesley, and Main Street churches. All four churches together will be meeting at the Washington Street Church on Monday night, October 16th at 6.30. And of course, uh, only like the admin council get to go and vote, but all are welcome to attend and hear the reporting of your church. So if you want to put that on your calendar, you can do that as well. 
I'm so glad that you are here this morning uh, to worship with us and to be part of community. Won't you stand now if you're able and let's sing our closing uh, benediction song, Seek Ye First.
think you got it. Yeah. <laughs>